Hi. Hi. Oh, thank God the idiot next door with the mower has disappeared. <laughs> You're no fun. Well, it was going to be really, really loud, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, people with mowers, people with tractors like me, my mother who starts them up at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, we know all about mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah, I swear everybody mows at a different day. So every day for like two hours, people mow. And then the people next door have a mowing service that comes once a week or something. And they then they mow again. And I'm just like, guys, your grass hasn't gotten any longer. <laughs> it grows and fast. You're cutting, and you're cutting it too short. Like, leave it three inches. Everything, the environment will thank you. And they, ugh, stupid people. It's like one of my friends posted a thing on Facebook. I don't know if it was... From him particularly, if, or if he was quoting somebody, but it's like, don't people, he doesn't understand people who water their lawns, don't they understand it'll grow faster? <laughs> yeah, really. Let them go dormant. Yep. Mm. But it's nice to have pretty green lawns right now. And it's, yeah. it's misty today, so Aww. mom spent the day planting. Ah. We have a new area that we took out an old wall and put in a new wall and extended it a bit and took out a path in the middle and just made the whole thing into a planter. And so yesterday I went around and put water to all the Damn plants. Yeah, but I spoke too soon. I can't hear him, so it's fine. Oh, good. Okay. And then um, I came home today and she'd gone out and bought more plants and I'm out of drip system. So I'm going to have to order some more drip stuff so I can get water oh. to the new plants. <laughs> yeah. So my happening of the week, I, for the first time in my life, wrecked my phone because I dropped it. Mm, I saw that. Aww. And it was it, it doesn't look bad. Like, I've seen worse. And for a while, like, I could receive calls, but I couldn't call out because it would randomly, like, start pushing buttons and it went nuts. And then now my screen doesn't go blank. You know, it doesn't time out. So I have to go and push the button. And... As of last night, it wasn't holding a charge for, you know, too long. It was dead by this morning. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> but I'm better than my cousin. He seems to lose or drop his every month. So There you go. Three, year, three years is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's time for a new one anyhow. I know. <laughs> I mean, it just dropped at just the right angle. Like, if it had dropped any other way, it would have been fine. Yeah, that's that's the worst. I know. Should we close the door, Alex? It's cold in here. Oh, it's been a wild and woolly weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I just spent the whole weekend in the garden, but it was in the 90s, so you could. we had to get up at 630. Oh. And we had to be out of the garden by noon at the latest, or else we got heat stroke. Oh, man. So we'd come in at noon, and we'd make a big dinner, and then we'd rest during the heat of the day and go back out in the evening and work till almost nine. Ugh. Yeah. It leaves me no time at all for editing podcasts. It's really Aww. bad. <laughs> I finished the POV one, but I haven't listened to it and I didn't do anything but like noise removal and remove the front oh, yeah? part where we just jibber jabbered. So hopefully it's okay. I'm going to release it either tonight or tomorrow and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Because we're supposed to do another one next week, although Bob has not responded to my message. So we'll see. And true to course, Alex has figured out we're podcasting, so he has shown up. <laughs> yep. I had dinner yep. next to the pond. I talked to mom while she was planting, and he sat next to me and ate my chicken. <laughs> nice. 
he's a good boy. Oh, oh the eating chicken was a good thing? Well, I had chicken stir fry. So I'm he, very confused. Was, was the cat supposed to eat the chicken or not supposed to eat no, the chicken? No, I was feeding it to him. It was okay. Oh, okay. okay. Or at least I tried to feed it to him. I have a feeling the dog got most of it. So my oh. good news is we took apart the stove yesterday, last night. Okay. I say okay. we loosely. I sat in the chair and watched them do it. Uh, and there was no duck in there. So the duck that had what? flown in had gotten out somehow. Oh. We had That's a good. we had a wood duck. We thought she was nesting because we oh heard my. her in there for several days and we didn't think she could get back out. Ah. Uh. And usually when the wood ducks fly down the chimney, it, it's not an unusual occurrence. It's happened several times. Yeah. We open up something and they fly right out. Well, this yeah. one didn't fly out. So we thought, oh, dear, she's nesting. Mm. And then it was 90 degrees for four days and she'd been in there for two weeks and we're like, she's not getting food or water. There's no way for her to get out. She's going to die yeah. in there and stink. And so we tore it apart and we can't find her. So hopefully she's not in there dead somewhere, but we looked oh, with God. mirrors and lights and all kinds of things and didn't find her. So hopefully... We're good. Yeah, we had to put a rock on top of our chimney to keep the ducks from flying in, and the bats, and whatever the heck else. Mm-hmm. No, was it? No, it was pigeons. It was pigeons and bats. Pigeons. That's an interesting thing to come in there. I, I understand wood ducks and bats, and probably vos vos. I don't know how to say it. It's V A U X Swifts. So what happened is a few days after we took the the stove apart, we had it open and. One of the Vos Swifts actually flew in. So that's what we heard. It was never a duck. It was only a Swift. They love I've never chimneys. heard of them. What are those? They're really neat little tiny birds that nest in chimneys. And okay. in the fall, when they're getting ready to migrate, they mass mm-hmm. in the thousands. And in Portland, there's an elementary school that used to have chimney heat. I think it was coal heat. And so the um, these Swifts would come to the chimney every night for, I don't know, it's like two weeks they come. And so the kids all voted to not have heat for those two weeks in, at the beginning of school so that it wouldn't hurt the Swifts. Aww. And, you know, when I say thousands, you don't really comprehend it, but we would go and sit and watch them. And they come in this huge flock and like two or three at a time go down the chimney and then two or three more go down the chimney and two or three more go down the chimney. And you're like, well, that wasn't that many. And then you realize you've been sitting there and watching them for an hour and a half. And you're like, oh, wow, I guess there was a lot of them that went in that chimney because we've been sitting here for a really long time. So, yeah. So the um, school raised money and got a new heating system. Uh-huh. And left the chimney, so the chimney is just there for the swifts now. Aw, it's really That's nice. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, Get their favorite nesting spot. Their favorite nesting spot in Portland. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a YouTube video or something I could pull up. Somebody must be out at our farm stand. The dogs are parking out there. Uh, did you ever catch that? What was it? A cougar? No. Nope. But we have it been seen back. It. And it hasn't eaten oh, anything, good. so that's good. That's good. So I put the video of the Swiss in there so you could watch them. Oh, holy cow. It's like with bats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a cool chimney. 
Oh, wow. It's this great big monster chimney, and they... That's I quite should, the flock. I should go put this in... Uh, I just got... I thought it was creepy. Let's see. Let's put this in links for the podcast, and then I'll link it when we do this one. This is Prisoners 2... Nope, this isn't... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. How do they all nest in there? Like, how do they... Is there anything for them to sit on? And is no, there no they rope? Just hold on, they just hold in with their little feeties. This is bizarre. It's like they're being, like, sucked in or something. I know. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like a backwards time lapse of a uh, yeah. stack or something. And, you know, one of those, they, uh, there's a great funnel effect there. Depositing. Oh, wow. But it doesn't look like there's that many, right? But there's just thousands <laughs> of them, and you can sit yeah. there and watch them forever. I mean, it does look like there's a lot, but at the same time, you don't realize how many there are until you've been sitting there for a really long time. And they just sort of, you know, a few at a time, drop down into the chimney and they hold on with their little feet and then climb back out the next morning. And like I said, they do it for a couple of weeks and then they go, they migrate. And there's a, a little flock that actually used to live in our neighborhood. I don't know if they're still here, but they used to be in yeah. the neighborhood. I did not mean for us to have a lesson on swifts here. I can't even remember how we started it, but there you go. We were talking about your wood deck. Ah, uh, the wood oh, deck yeah. in the chimney. Hmm. Life on well, the kind of learn things on Poof every now and then. Why not? Yes, it has to be educational, too. Fun and educational as well. <laughs> or however Bob says it. Not only entertaining. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. well that's fair. That's <laughs> <Yep>. right. <laughs> Speaking of educational, apparently GR Deadly makes brownie mix. Do they now? Mm, yummy. Dark chocolate brownie mix, I might add. Well, that's the only way to make brownie mix, dark chocolate. I know. Oh. And congratulations to you. You have graduated and moved home already. Yes? <laughs> I'm going to be doing a little Roy Gilmore going, I'm not back for like the next, you know, however long it takes me to get the hell out of here. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, but it was nice to have extra pairs of hands because I have not a lot of stuff, but enough that it would have been really hard to do it, you know, on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I'm purging all my stuff once I get home. I mean, I've purged a lot of it already and then hoping to move with a lot less stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But, no, so I'm writing my conference paper to submit it to a journal, and I'm trying to take out all of the cited ins and go to the direct source. And, of course, the irony is that all of the sources are back at my university. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to have to use alternative ways of looking for them. And I've gotten all but two. Well, that's Because good. the two of them are, are in, like, Washington, D.C. and things like that. So mm-hmm. I just, I, there's no way I can do that. That's a little harder. Uh, although I, I do have a friend in D.C., so I might be able to cajole him into doing something. I have a friend in um, L.A. who's willing to look stuff up for me. It's nice to have friends across the country. <laughs> and be handy, yeah. Yeah. Low pl- oh, high but, places. I know. Yeah, but my diploma won't come until July or something oh. ridiculous. I don't know why. They- well, because grades aren't due until after graduation. And so you could flunk and, you know, not know it and go home and be like, oh, crap. I have could to you go really? with you. Uh, I yeah. mean, if you were flunking, wouldn't you know? Well, I would hope so. But a lot of, like, the professor, you know, like, we, you know, grad students have stuff to do, too. And a lot of them don't really calculate things like participation grades until the end. Mm-hmm. And if you don't show up to any of your discussions, that's 
potentially a quarter of your grade. If you fail your final, that's potentially another quarter, if not more, of your grade. I mean, my one of my students, you know, he didn't show up to have the discussion. His paper was a week and a half late. Well, he never, and then he never actually turned it in, and he flunked his final exam. That doesn't sound good. So, yeah, you wouldn't know until the end. Well, the, the weird thing is, for reasons I don't understand, if you fail a class, you can retake it, but if you get a D, you can't. Mm, so and so we gave him a fail it. Right. So we gave him a D because we were like, you're, you just, you didn't put any effort into this and we, you know, we don't want to fail you and make you come back because we're, we're done. So, <laughs> uh, How about you, Scott? Anything exciting? Um, just a lot of work. It's the end of the month again. So mm-hmm. we're doing tracking down everybody and half of them still haven't gotten back to me about what they want. So they're going to end up with generic things or whatever they're running right now. And although the exciting part of that is that my boss comes back from maternity leave on the first. So there will be three of us in the department again instead of two. Oh, that's nice. Should help a little bit after, you know, she'll probably have to spend a week or two settling in and figuring out how to use our new system and such now. Oh, jeez. But eventually we will have slightly less work amongst the three of us. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. I know we have... We finished our deadline last week, and we actually were done well ahead of our deadline. I suppose we should start because I'm falling asleep already. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was sitting what at work we- going through pictures of the kids yeah. and nodding off. I'm like, this is not oh. good. <laughs> this does not bode well for the podcast tonight. I read through 18. Were we supposed to go further? No, we were only supposed to go to 9 to 15, I think. That's oh, all. I read too much. Okay. That's all I did, so hopefully that's okay. right. Yeah, we were doing eight chapter chunks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I was trying to count eight, and then, yeah. Nine to 15. Yep. Okay. It's that's about a three-hour time, you know, it's about three hours on the text reader, so that seems to be a good okay. amount. Yeah, it doesn't quite time. divide evenly into eight, so we'll probably have, this yeah. is a seven-chapter one, and we we'll might have a... 10 or 9 chapter 1 at some point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll figure it all out somewhere. Scott, you want to bring us in? There's something weird going on. Oh, my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. We could. <laughs> You've got three now. <laughs> what have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I. You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> oh. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chicken bird? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that again? Who dares into my chimbas? <laughs> Save yeah. that for something. It totally needs to be cute. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think she just replaced Scott. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. Yeah, Google food is always food. useful. Okay, Google food have, came in town with us. Fun. Well, that's oh. always good too. We're not fun anymore. 
You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I was say, I don't want to know what kind of fun you were having. <clears throat> and that's all we're going to say about that because... Because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state, it's all. Doing the Ryan thing. Oh, Want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, "Do I have a story for you?" And I'm like, "Oh no." I'm sorry, I just brought a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, me and my oversharing." <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office, and Albus says, Good evening, Minerva. Is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Off topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. He gave me some big brassy balls. Well, you know, <laughs> we have to have balls. That's what we do. I, go, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. <laughs> okay. I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everybody, the podcast where we talk about Harry Potter fan fiction. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And I'm Mooney. And today we are doing our second episode on Becoming Neville by Jedi Rita from chapters 9 to 15 or wherever we decide we've gone far enough. (laughs) And uh, we're getting into the main plot of the story just kind of started happening at the end of the last episode, and so we're starting to see things pick up here as we start. And I said start too many times. (laughs) (laughs) But at the beginning of this chapter, it is the full moon, or is about to be the full moon. Remus has already said, yes, you know, boys, you can stay here. I suppose I should say, just in case you haven't listened to the last episode, the basic premise of this is that Neville... Gren has broken her hip, and he's spending the summer with Harry and Remus in Grimmauld Place during fifth year, or just after fifth year. And uh, so it's the two two boys and Remus most of the time, but he's let them know that during the full moons, he's going to be locked up downstairs, and somebody else will come and look after them. And <laughs> Regus this is, is who the first time. Snipe, snipe, Savarus, snipe. Yeah. That they have to decide, okay, this is the first full moon while they've been here. Um, who, do, who can we get to come? Oh, uh, well, Professor Dumbledore said Professor Snape has kindly agreed to. <laughs> and then, Snape volunteered. Hmm, yeah. This does not bode well for the boys. No. I wonder if this is actual volunteering or if it's the Dumbledore version of volunteering. Yeah, it's hard to know. We'll see. Yeah. And the boys and are just course, the boys horrified. are both horrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can't possibly be Snape. <laughs> but Remus, he hates us. It'll be torture. Yeah. And well, 
he's the one who's coming, so you're going to have to get along with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love I love Remus. You're both competent, mm-hmm. capable, mature young men. Is, Harry is not mature. This chapter epitomized that Harry is not mature. <laughs> he acts like he's five, and it drove me nuts that I wanted to bash him over the head. He He is, yes, hiding out and still having a really hard time with his feelings. It actually works really well with how he was in the beginning of book six, so, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> he wasn't this bad. Yeah. He was definitely not this bad in the beginning of book six. Well, yeah, but he had all summer to be this bad before book six started. Or was he more bad? Was he worse in the beginning of five? I think I don't know. No, well, he wasn't immature. He was dealing with the grief, yes, but he wasn't acting like a five-year-old. I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes there's not all that much difference between five-year-olds and fifteen-year-olds, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. But still, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see how it gets annoying, but um, it it didn't seem out of character to me while I was reading it. Okay, I'm just too used to hanging around adults. Yeah, Harry's Harry's going through this rough patch, and he's not gonna let anybody. Ooh, excuse me, Harry's going through this rough patch, and he's just you know gonna act immature and babyish because that's how he feels right now. He just wants to curl up in a ball and hibernate in his room and. Grieve over Sirius and not deal with his feelings or anything else. Yeah. Neville at least comes up with one silver lining that they're not in school, so he can't take any points from us. <laughs> Go, Neville! Five points from Gryffindor. Yeah. And then, of course, Snape shows up. And Harry's like, oh, well, uh, I'm tired. I might as well turn in. Bye. <laughs> Come on, Neville. You're tired, too. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm tired, says Neville. Harry does actually say goodnight to him, so, mm-hmm. you know. Things are not as bad as they could be yet. Yeah. Uh, the next morning. Neville's kind of worried about Remus, but uh, Harry reassures him and says, you know, he's been dealing with this since he's six. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> hadn't we gotten to the point where the po- we knew the potion was supposed to be taken, like, the, all the previous week and not, like, just the night before or whatever it was? What I is no? What is canon for that? that? We knew that he had to take it every night that he was transforming. And I think it was like for three nights or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't actually know for sure. Because Harry saw him take it at one point when he went and happened to be meeting in Lupin's office. Right. Um, And then I don't know if he saw him take it again or if that was the only time. And then it was referenced again because Snape knew he'd forgotten it that Day at the end of the... Uh, the wiki says the way one must imbibe it is very unique among potions in that a goblet full of wolfsbane potion must be taken for each day of a week preceding the full moon. Hmm. I don't remember Does it that. give a source for that? Uh, says Joe on Pottermore, apparently. Oh, okay. But I will yeah. go. Probably in the, the Remus Lupin page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe Snape's been delivering it all week, and we just didn't know about that part. That's true. So Neville, Harry wakes Neville up in the morning, but they decide to go back to bed because they don't really want to get up and face Snape. And finally they get up. We've got to get up eventually. And (laughs) they head downstairs, you know, for Remus. Yes, for Remus. (laughs) And, of, and course, of course, Snape is snarky about them taking so long to get up. Mm-hmm. 
You finally emerged from hibernation. No wonder the laboratory is still such a mess. And Harry's like, we've been, we've been working hard. It's really clean. And, and Snape wants to see, uh, Neville's plans because Remus has put Neville in charge of this. And of course, Snape's going to be snarky about anything Neville does. No. I like that Harry really stands up to Snape in this. I mean, he, he's, Neville's just like odd. I wouldn't talk back to Snape. How can you talk back to Snape? And Harry's like, I don't care what you say or anything. You know, he shows his hostility quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Probably more than he needs to, but. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. He certainly has backbone. Yeah. Snape tells him, when you're finished eating your brunch, I want you up in the laboratory. Fifteen minutes. And they're, they're like, ah. Harry is, of course, fuming, and Neville's like, yeah, but what can we do? And Harry's like, you don't have to be afraid of him. (laughs) Neville's like, yeah, (laughs) sure. They go up and they say, I'm going to, you know, Snape says, I'm going to look over this plan while you guys are cleaning. And Harry's like, it's already clean. And Snape says, not the ceiling. (laughs) Which seems like a arbitrary Snape making them do more work thing, but Mm -hmm. as they actually get into it, they discover, oh, the ceiling isn't supposed to be gray. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It is supposed to be. Well, it does actually need cleaning. Yeah. Didn't, what is it, Ron or somebody who had detention have to clean the ceiling too of what I assume was potion's classroom? Possibly. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because, you know, when you have your cauldrons exploding, they're going to throw some stuff on. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. So. so they've got to clean it and disinfect it. I'm sure this is a tough job because... I know how I feel with my arms over my head for any length of time, and they're going to have to go up and down ladders because they can't use magic and try to scrub. I mean, this is going to be an all-day, all-day thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all sorts of fun for them, but does no. turn out to be necessary. And they do find out that, you know, it was dirty. And then, of course, Snape comes in and says, don't forget the chandelier. <laughs> They're just like, Bleh. Oh, that's just a disaster waiting to happen, mm-hmm. cleaning a chandelier. And Harry actually does manage to answer civilly. We wanted to finish the ceiling first, Professor. And then he starts in on Neville. Why are you using, yeah, s- you know, sage in your banishment char- charm when Jasmine is much more effective? And Neville's like, well, because sage grows faster and I have... Some up in my greenhouse, and I don't have jasmine. It's the wrong time of year. Um, all right, well, that's good. And you added some essence of sandalwood, so that's good. Now, how come you're using ground up? What is bloodstone? It? Bloodstone instead of instead salt. of simple salt. And he says, "Well, he thought that bloodstone was more powerful and could do. There's probably a lot of dark magic here, so it needed something stronger." Mm-hmm. And, he says, and Snape sort of says, "Well." Clearly, you must have had Lupin do most of it. No, actually, he only made a couple suggestions. Mm-hmm. Neville has been doing it. Yeah. And he's about to sweep out, and Neville actually calls him and asks how Remus is doing. <laughs> Snape is about to pre- correct them and say, you should call him Professor Lupin, except that he's not a professor anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Remus is much too informal. and uh, yeah. He says he's well enough considering his condition, but he wonders how he's been doing this summer in general because uh, he feels like he's not in full form. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Snape's like, well, the headmaster's entrusted his health to me, so I want to keep him well, and if he comes becomes too ill to keep out, you know, look after you two, I'm sure that I'm going to be asked to babysit, and I don't think oh. any of us want that. No. Mm-hmm. And of course, Harry's like, he's been fine. Fine, fine. And finally. And so Neville's worried now. Is something wrong with Remus? And mm-hmm. Harry says, ah, he just misses Sirius, of course, because that's not something Snape would understand because he's never had any friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Harry says, you know, did you notice he couldn't find anything wrong with your plan? You did really well, Neville. And he's like, yeah, well, he didn't like the sage. And he's like, that's okay. I bet this this was school. You'd get an O. And Neville blushes and he sort of swells with pride. At first, they've got to finish cleaning the chandelier. Mm-hmm. And fall off of it. <laughs> yep. And then the next morning, Harry has a plan. <laughs> oh, God. Think he's five years old. De- devious plan. Yeah, but a five-year-old wouldn't have been able to pull this off. Says, I can't bother, I can't stand spending another day doing whatever Snape says. Let's sneak out and go to Muggle London, because that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neville's aghast. London? You mean with muggles? Yes, Muggle London. Let's go. So they go and take the tube, mm-hmm. and Neville's kind of disappointed that the tube is actually a train. Well, technically it's a tube. I mean, you're in, like, a tube of metal, and there's tunnels and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They uh, sneak out the back doors very carefully, and they run away, and then they're like, We made it! We're free! He never even oh, heard God. us. Oh, God, these kids are stupid. Yeah. I wonder what he's going to say when he finds out we're not in the house. Hmm, I wonder what he's going to do. Call out the Calvary? You didn't <laughs> think this through, Harry. Not at all. Oh, <laughs> so Harry takes him to McDonald's for breakfast, and he gets an Egg McMuffin. That was which so is, bizarre. Which is gross. That was yeah. so bizarre. Yeah, well, you know, if you want something fast for breakfast, there you go. Yeah, well, that's true. And Neville's like, this is food. (laughs) It doesn't taste even remotely like an egg. And then he gets all excited about the money. Can I look at the money? I've heard it's made out of paper. How bizarre. (laughs) Then the cashier's gawking at him. Harry's like, he's from Australia. (laughs) He has no Australian. Apparently they don't have paper money in Australia. Apparently not. Uh At least this cashier doesn't know they do. Oh, boy. What a state the education system is in. So. And so they, then they're wandering around. Oh, he's no, he's just looking at the the money. He's you know holding it all up to the light so he can see the hologram and all this stuff. And Ariel's like, "Cut that out! You look like a tourist." <laughs> he is a tourist. Doesn't Mungo money like break down after a few years? And Harry's like, "Yeah, they change the notes when they get old." Really? Who keeps the old ones? I don't know. Nobody knows that they burn them. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they call it a pound? It doesn't weigh a pound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many galleons is this worth? I don't know. And so, Harry Why do they poses, call it a pound? I think it's it was originally a pound weight of something, like yeah, gold or silver. worth a, a pound of whatever. That makes sense. I don't actually know the answer to that either. I'd have to look it up. Neville asks, no, Harry asks Neville what the, he wants to do, and Neville wants to go see the Star War at the theater. <laughs> 
And Harry's like, no, Star Wars. That's really old. It won't be playing anywhere. And no, it is now. Neville has this grand question. How can muggles have motion cinema, but their photographs don't move? Harry's like, I have no idea. (laughs) How come wizards have moving photographs and they haven't made cinema yet? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, apparently it was. And that makes sense because the full the full title was pound sterling, so it was mm-hmm. a pound of sterling silver. That makes sense. A value equivalent to a pound of silver. Oh, you didn't have to schlep around a pound of okay. So, yeah, you yeah. just had this note instead. So so far the the Star Wars is not a good thing. So now he, then he says, "What else do you want to do?" Neville says, "I want to drive a car." Harry's <laughs> oh, like, God. "No, <laughs> guess again." You and Ron got to do one. Nope. How about an airplane? Can I ride an airplane? Harry's like, I don't have that much money. And so they take the tube to the park and go to the zoo, which is yep. fun. And, and Neville is too polite. When the doors hiss open, he tells it hello. And when he leaves, he tells it goodbye. And Oh, boy. Harry's just shaking his head. Yep. Because it tells him to mind the gap. And he's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, good idea. I almost, well, I did fall through the gap. Mm, that's not a good thing. No. Yeah. And at one point he sees a phone that looks like the one they use to get to the Ministry of Magic. And he's like, oh, where does that one go? It doesn't go anywhere. It's just the phone. <laughs> yeah. Then Neville wants to know if it'll work. And Harry's like, yeah. So they decide Neville wants to call Dean. And so Harry's I'm got- just amused that Harry's got his phone number. I know. He's got them all memorized. Well, you know, this is back before cell phones, so you used to remember phone numbers back then. I know, right? And there were only, like, five people in his entire year that have a phone mm-hmm. number, so... That's true. He's remembering them all. I know grandmas. It was... Oh, wow. I don't remember the beginning of it, though. But it was seven six seven six eight three nine. I remember our exchange when I was a kid was 948. I don't remember what the last four digits were anymore. We were the 948 ones. 948. And Neville basically does exactly the same thing that Ron does Mm -hmm. in whichever book it was. Was it book two or three? Uh, Two. Yeah, I thought so. And so somebody says hello, and Neville's like, somebody's talking, but it's not Dean. Just ask for him. I would like to talk to Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, explain to me how this is such a difficult concept when they've got the flu. Well, when your head's in the flu, you can see the other person. I know, but like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem slightly odd, but they just, they've never done this whole sound traveling thing before. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like shouting at somebody from, you know, a different room, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing. It's like, well, he's all the way across London. We've got to gotta speak shout up so he can hear. Speak slowly so that it translates and everything. So, yeah, so the that's sister goes to get Dean, and Dean answers and says, hello. And Neville's like, I would like to speak to Dean. And he's like, you're speaking to him, mate. Dean? Is that you? That's what I said. But you sound different. <laughs> he's like, who is this? <laughs> It's me! Ow, Harry! Harry? No, he just hit me. It's like, tell him who you are. Oh, yeah, it's Neville. It's me, Neville. Yeah, why didn't Harry call? I know he knows how to use the phone. Oh, yes, but he's showing me how. We're doing lots of muggle things today. 
Really? Where we're are you guys? <laughs> we're in a phone booth. There. He's like, we're in London. Well, we should get together. Then they tell him all this stuff. We live with Professor Lupin. I didn't know he lived in London. And I'm like, secrecy, people, secrecy. But, you know, they're kids. They do manage not to say exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking, Kings hmm. Cross and Grimald Place are within, like, 10-minute walking distance or whatever it was, according to Book 5. Mm-hmm. So I was basically around Grimald Place while I was in London because I was 10 minutes away from King's Cross. There you go. You might have been on the other side of it. That's Well, I mean, I I was, you know, I was walking around basically a 10-minute radius. But anyway, Mm. now it got me thinking. They had their their trunks and their owls to take to the station. How did they get all of that to King's Cross? Did they, like, I don't know. Some of them probably shrink them. Some of them just look odd wandering through with the trolley. <laughs> well, they'd have to take, get a trolley to the station because you can't exactly drag your trunk and an owl. Simple levitation charm with the illusion of wheels underneath it. You just pull it along like a wagon. You know, that would be a good thing for Hogwarts to sell is like wheels to go with your trunk. <laughs> Tell George. <laughs> he can set it up. Yeah, they could make a little charm that hovers it around with you and pretend they have one of those little robots that they have now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. There are apparently luggage robots that will keep pace with you, so you can put your suitcase on it and walk through the airport or whatever. What is and this they now? Just follow you. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little creepy. I just saw it online somewhere today. I don't remember where. It might even have been in the... Dangerverse chat. Hmm. Or no, it was the Young Wizards Facebook group. That's where it was. Because mm. they have luggage and things that follows them. So There you go. Find out the Dean's been babysitting and swimming a lot. <laughs> and they promise to talk to Remus and see if they can have a play date. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, we really are like five. Mm-hmm. And Dean says... I've got Star Wars on video, Neville. Come over here one day and you can watch Star Wars. Yay! What's video? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Who do we talk to next? Did we call Hermione? (laughs) Uh, Later. Let's go have some dinner. So they they had an icky breakfast and, and they had fish and chips for lunch, which was okay, but not great. So they go to an Indian restaurant for supper. Yeah. And it was good. And they. This have is a the good best time. day Devil's ever had, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gran doesn't like cities and he doesn't know how to deal with cities. And even Hogsmeade is too much for him, so he just stays with his friends in the middle of town. Yeah. yeah. But Harry isn't intimidated at all and he knows what he's doing, so Neville can enjoy himself. Mm-hmm. Feels like visiting a different country. <laughs> Those muggles. <laughs> and it's kind of refreshing to get to explore somewhere at his own pace and not have to worry about whether one person wants to go to Zonko's and somebody else wants to go to Honey Dukes and mm-hmm. so on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and now it's time to go back to Grimald Place. And they yeah. try to sneak in, but Alistair and Moody has been watching Moody. for them. <laughs> Uh-oh. Good evening, Professor. Hmm, thought you boys would go AWOL, did you? Have a nice little excursion in the city without telling anyone? 
when you know who and his minions are out looking for you every day? That sounded like a lark. Harry's like, hmm, well, uh, mm." So he sends them off to bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry says, I think we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> what give you that idea, dear? And Neville says, I just wanted to say I had a really great time today, and no matter what they do to us, it was worth it. Thanks. And the last line is, like, he says he felt like he was going to be, oh, well, at one point, Harry is, who is, you know, being angry and muttering about all this says this would never have happened if we got to stay at the borough and Neville's like it's true we wouldn't have got to come to the city if we stayed at the borough we would have just you know hung around with the Weasleys and he would have been in the background again and Mm -hmm. this actually feels like he has a friend of his own yeah first time Neville's felt that way apparently Mm -hmm. it's like Luna yeah Yeah. that's it so Neville wakes up the next morning and he sneaks into Harry's room and Harry's already up and dressed yeah He's writing something for Hedwig, and Neville says, "Why are you working on your last will?" <laughs> no. no, it's a letter to Ron. I'm telling him about all our fun. When they figure it's late enough that Remus must be home or up, back up by now, so they can go down and face Snape and Remus. Yes, and then apparently Snape has been keeping a howler for Mrs. Weasley in stasis for them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so they get to have a lecture from her. Oh, and Remus, dear, I do hope you're eating enough. <laughs> it's so totally a Molly line. Yeah. That was well I'll done. I'll send some pies round, but don't let the boys have any. They don't deserve it. It's like the scene in the movie Chamber of Secrets where Ron gets the howler and it's screaming at him at the end. He's like, congratulations for getting sorted into Gryffindor, dear. <laughs> Ginny, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ginny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she does that a lot, actually, in... The movie and the books, like when she's having her um, screaming fit at the twins for stealing the car and the, turns to Harry and he's like, eh. she's like, very nice to see you, dear. Go on in. <laughs> so Remus is trying to be diplomatic. Snape tells him not to mollycoddle them. And he says, you agreed that we could do this. Let me handle it. Now you took quite a risk, boys. Risk. That's a serious understatement, says Snape. And he's, you know. Honestly, Potter, it's one not enough for you to endanger yourself, but now you're endangering Longbottom, too. And Harry's like, we just went to the park. All day! <laughs> they were exploring. It was fun. Mm-hmm. This is why I can't help children. Snape's like, how very, like, black you are. And Harry's like, thank you! <laughs> you're right, I am. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And then he starts in on black. And Harry loses it and shrieks at him. And Remus uh, is starting to really feel it. So Remus is still recovering from the full moon. He's still recovering from losing. Ah, wait, let go of me. The, the other night I came home and it was dark and the stray cat was in here eating and burst out of the door and scared me half to death. So Alex, Wait, some random cat? Yeah. So Alex in bed with me and I could just hear somebody in the cat food. So I was like, all right, who's in here? Yeah, it came out of the door and, and about plowed me off the stairs, and I screamed bloody murder, and it was very exciting. Got my heart erased. Oh. Goodness but gracious. I, I think I scared it about as much as it scared me, so I don't think it's been back. Gracious me. <laughs> so, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt our our uh, fight here between Snape and Harry. We're way off course. 
But poor mm-hmm. Remus is is feeling the results of the full moon and Sirius's death, and so he's he's it's starting kind to kind of really fragile bad. at this point too. Yeah, bad and Snape blaming things on Black uh, is not yeah. making him feel any better either. Yeah, and Snape says something like the. You of all people should understand the importance of restraining this reckless behavior. And Remus flashes back to Sirius, basically, and says, I tried, and I didn't want him to die. I tried to stop him, but he wouldn't listen to me, and they never would listen to me, and it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. And Harry's going, wait a second, it was Bellatrix's fault, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a reversal for Harry. Usually he's yeah. the one saying it's all my fault. <laughs> And Remus just starts sobbing, and Harry starts sobbing, and everybody's sobbing, and Neville finally gets Snape to leave, and he just sits with them, and they they pretty much sob themselves out. Yeah, and then Snape kind of carries Remus, puts his arm over his shoulder, and hoists him off to his room, and Neville gets Harry off to their room. And... Mm-hmm. It wasn't Remus's fault. Harry says crossly. Neville's like, I know. <laughs> Don't blame me for this. Yeah. Reading through Neville's parents' files that he mm-hmm. got in the last chapter before we ended last time. And it's slow going and it's kind of stressful to read because of all the things that were happening to them and so on. And he's just sort of has his attention wandering a little bit. And then he spots the name Dr. Otis B. Driftwood. Mm-hmm. And... Driftwood was the name, the word that his mother had marked out on one of the raptors at one point. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And he specializes in the treatment for severe spell damage. And now they have a place to start. And, yep. and what? Yeah, no, this, this is instantly when I was like, somebody's hiding something. Mm-hmm. We go back now with to Neville point of view and he's thinking about his parents and he knows that his grand loves his parents but she always baby talks them and treats them as little kids and he's not usually there alone with them but with grand in the hospital he's spending more and more time alone yeah and he's done different things with his mom sometimes he brings her paper and crayons and she makes circles and spirals green and purple she doesn't like red or orange or yellow I was trying to put that to spells. Mm-hmm. Red and green I can see. Yellow stumped me. Yeah, or I was thinking of, like, fire. Oh, that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, it's the colors in fire. It's all fire. the vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. So he has made an appointment with Dr. Driftwood because Dr. Driftwood is his parents' doctor. And uh naming here, Driftwood, Nettlehorn. yeah. Nettle Thorn is it? I don't like her. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she, her name's Nettle Thorn. What do you expect? Yeah, well, I like stinging nettles, but I don't like her. And so, uh, Nurse Nettle Thorn says that a little girl had come into the ward earlier to visit somebody, and she brought a doll with her, and Mrs. Longbottom took the doll and will give it back. And if Neville can't get it back from her, they're going to have to stun her and take it. And he walks in, and she's holding the baby and rocking back and forth and and uh, he reaches out for the doll and she snarls at him and snatches it away and she's holding it and rocking it and humming it a lullaby that he doesn't remember ever hearing 
But as he sits and listens to it, he anticipates what's coming next, and he realizes that she sung that to him when he was little. So it's in his subconscious. Mm -hmm. And he can't get it back from her. And he's like, you know, I'll just, I'll get her a new one. I'll buy one for her. And the nurse is just a mean old bitty. And so she ends up stunning her. And the minute they pull the wands on her, she freaks out, which you can imagine, because if the last yeah. thing she saw in her right mind were wands pointed at her with the cruciatus, you'd freak out if somebody pointed a wand at you, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she gets stupefied, and Neville's not happy. And he takes on two full-grown orderlies. Go, Neville! <laughs> gets in their way and <laughs> shouts them down. He's like, she, you know, she wasn't hurting anyone. You didn't have to stun her. She was just trying to protect the baby. And they're like, it's not a baby, it's a doll. And he's like, yeah, but she doesn't know that. She thinks he's, she's protecting me. And he warns her off. I hope he gets her fired. I can't remember that far. Not uh, yet, I don't think. It'll be a while. But he does eventually get to go in and talk to Dr. Driftwood. Mm-hmm. Who has all the right answers but is smarmy? Yes. He's just, you know, I've worked with your parents for many years. It's good to finally see what an outstanding young man their son is. Yeah, smarmy. And Neville asks him questions, and he either skirts around them or tells Neville he doesn't know what he's, you know, talking about. Neville's like, well... You're using this herb, and it's poisonous, and you're using this herb, and it's poisonous. And my professor teacher says these two herbs together are really, really bad. And the doctor's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. And, you know, it says that when he took over the case, their condition was rapidly deteriorating, that his father was waking up screaming and... They were both becoming agitated and attacking people. And in my mind, I'm thinking they're coming out of it, right? Yeah. Frank's been Frank's been fairly comatose and bedridden, and now he's kind of awake, and all he's doing is screaming, but it's his mind resurfacing. And if they'd left mm-hmm. him alone, he might have recovered. Well, but, that was my thought exactly, that they're preventing them from recovering. Yeah, that's exactly what my thought is, too, that they, this guy's come in and he's... He's done this treatment, which, you know, might be okay in the short term, but probably should not be happening in the long term. No. At all. And, of course, you know, he, like I said, he steps around answers and gives platitudes and doesn't actually say anything at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. The records- yeah, so don't learn very much from him. Mm-mm. Except that apparently he has pictures of Lucy's Malfoy on his wall. Yeah. Not surprised. No. Neville's not happy about it. generous those. supporter of St. Mungo's, and that was a picture at the annual fundraising banquet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more Neville questions him, the harsher his voice becomes. He doesn't like being questioned. He yeah. just wants to... So we might have to do some looking into this Dr. Driftwood mm-hmm. guy. Hermione, I have a job for you. Get on Google. Find out more about this guy. Uh, I don't know that Google existed. Well, it probably existed in 1995, but I don't know that it, it was. was probably Ask Jeeves at that point. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I used to ask Jeeves things. I remember that. I remember that. It was fun. Mm-hmm. So 
we moved to the next chapter, and now we've decided, we found out that following Harry and Neville's unauthorized excursion into London, now they're going to escort them into London on supervised visits with their friends to prevent them from doing this hide-and-seek game again. So they've flewed over to the Leaky Cauldron with Remus and met up with Dean and Bill and Ginny and Ron and Hermione. Oh, Ron. And yes, Ron is overprotective of his little sister. And Ginny is quite pleased to see Dean. That's the ship, right? Jean. Ginny Dean, Jean. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. My tired brain. That makes more sense than Dinny, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> much better. <laughs> Although, I guess you could do Dean Evera or something. Mm, there you go. Ron's like, Ginny flies into Dean's arms, and they're snogging each other, and Ron's like, stop them, Bill! Mom wouldn't like it! And Bill's like, I'll tell you what, we'll leave them alone, and I won't tell Mom when you snog Hermione. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, well. And they head over to the joke shop. And I strongly agree with Bill, who shakes his head and says, these two are never going to sell anything if they're giving everybody discounts and closing for three-hour lunches. <laughs> here, here. I thought most of their stuff was owl order. Well, they've got a the shop now, so, yeah, maybe. And Hermione <laughs> sidles up to Neville and says, I've got, I've got some information about the doctor. It's very interesting. And he's like, what? And she says, I can't tell you now. God, Neville. Okay. Oh. Mm. And so Ginny calls Neville back because she wants to know what's going on. And he says that it's not anything about the DA, that it's about his his grandma or about his parents. And he sort of explains it to them because yeah. it's his secret to tell. And if he decides to tell, he's going to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it just, it seems weird. I mean, I get it, but it seems really weird to me that he wants to tell them suddenly all about this and he was so reluctant to tell them about his parents in the first place. Yeah, I think part of it is that he's he's trying to, he's confused about what's going on right now and Ginny's really pressuring him because it's she thinks it's for the DA and he's keeping secrets. and she, Which she shouldn't be. No, and he's yeah. trying to, you know appease her and he's just sort of and he he'd also like to have some more friends mm-hmm. and it's his secret and if he wants to tell it then he should be able to tell it and and ron's being real secretive you know can't tell jenny can't tell jenny and he's like well if i want to tell jenny i'm gonna he's, he's learning to be his own man yeah so yeah it's true and then we do a little bit more exploring in the shop and discover an old Scrabble game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, is it Fred? Fred's trying to to uh, charm it so that it, whenever you land on a double letter point, it changes all the letters around to do dirty words. And Harry's like, hey, Dudley plays that game. He loves making up dirty words. And George beats Fred about the head because they've been spending all this time on this and and Harry's dumb cousins already figured out how to do it, so that never occurred to them. It's not a it's not a good <laughs> well, game. It's not like he's been using magic to do it or rearranging the words That's that are already true. there. Mm-hmm. He's just been he's building just... only dirty words. Mm-hmm. When uh 
I was young. My stepmother had a friend. It was it was the friend's husband, and they loved to say dirty words to each other over the phone. They get on they get on the phone. My stepmom and and her friend's husband, and they'd say things like dirty dishes, dirty diapers, dirty cars, and every you know those were their dirty words that they'd say to each other. They just thought they were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't quite think those are the dirty words they're talking about in this, no. though. Probably Speaking not. of board games, I played Monopoly for the first time in, like, 20 years this weekend. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? How'd it go? Um, We had to stop about halfway through because my two cousins refused to make a deal, so the rest of us couldn't do anything. <laughs> and... You know, luckily, we're all adult enough that, you know, we weren't hitting each other. But we were missing, like, half the pieces. Oh, so we had to make hard. do. Yeah, so we had to, like, make do. Well, what do you mean? Like, buttons or something for the for the little moving pieces. And then, like, paper clips for the houses. It got, it got very strange. <laughs> and then the board was, was Teddy Wampus. And so you put the, everything on the board, and it would all move. And not to mention we had a dog. So it was. <laughs> It was chaos. Quite the game. And then I couldn't remember how to move. Like, I couldn't remember what to do because it's been so long. And I'm just like, I'm just going to let you tell me what I'm doing because I don't remember how to play. I mean, luckily the dog didn't try to eat anything. (laughs) That's good. Did you at least have fun? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's I did better than my aunt aunt and my oldest cousin. They they kept, like, landing, you know, on, on everybody else's pieces and, like, you know, a couple other things, like getting the, the, the tax that you have to pay, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Somebody has just arrived. I can't figure out who, but I'm wondering if it's the neighbor come to fix the trailer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Running water would be nice. It's You yep. still don't have running water? No. No. And we had a big barbecue last night. We actually we opted for real plates, so all of the dishes that we have out are dirty. We need to wash them. <laughs> that means mm. boiling the water on the sink and getting it all, and yeah. Mm. We're way off course. Scrabble. Mm-hmm. And Neville decides to buy it because he thinks the, the letters might be handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to... Check off his gun. Give them to his mother and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, and I love the scene with Mooney, Moody, Mooney. That's it. I'm all confused. Yeah. Uh, where the fictional Mooney, not our Mooney. Yes. Where the boys, Fred and George, are like, and for you, our God, you get fifty percent off. <laughs> he doesn't get fifty percent discount. Mm-hmm. And and Remus is like, why? What? And they're like, we know who you are. And I was waiting for them to just in unison go, I solemnly swear we're up to no good, but they didn't. No. Yeah. Just tell him it'll be an honored guest at Weasley and Weasley's. Mm-hmm. And the other ones are Gryffindors get a 10% discount. Um, <laughs> Family members get a 20% discount. Yeah. And they overcharge everybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, boys. Yeah. And apparently they can't agree on prices because when Neville tries to buy the Scrabble game, uh, George says five sickles and Fred says a galleon. And they look at each other, then they look at each other and go, ten sickles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they barter with themselves. And then we and have, uh, <laughs> we have this great scene at the, the lunch table. So they close the shop to go to give everybody a tour and then they close it up even more. 
and say that they're going out to lunch, which they already kind of did at the beginning, but it's, it's reset here, which I thought was kind of weird. But we have this great scene, uh, that reminds me a lot of, uh, the family jewel scene in Keza's story. So Remind me. Ron is the, uh, Ginny and, and Dean are snuggled up to each other and she's almost sitting in his lap and Ron's scowling. Stop at that. None of us at the table. Ugh! And he stops abruptly and Hermione's, you know, nonplussed, but her hands underneath the table. And George is like, what's that old boy? You choke on something? Do you need some water, asked Fred? Maybe something's got your tongue. Or other parts. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Hermione's figured out how to shut Ron up. This is a good thing. One I can say a few things. other things, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but they they had the family jewels discussion in, in Kez's story in the sleeping bags. And, and they were talking about... Uh, they were truly talking about whether or not Harry had riches, but what the others heard was them talking about the family jewels and, and Ron was completely out of the loop and had no idea what was going on. And there was a lot of innuendo and stuff. It was pretty funny. There's often a lot of innuendo when the Weasleys are involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they get in a conversation about who Harry should be dating because mm-hmm. of all the benefits of older women, don't you know? Yes, yes. There's this girl in the shop next to theirs that he should really meet, and uh, he's like, eh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. And Rima says, I thought we came here for lunch, not dating advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, food. Okay, we can do that. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. they decide to go to the the maze, and they're like, lover's le- lover's hedge? And Neville's like, what lover's hedge? What are you talking about? Because he's only ever been there as a child with his gran. And he doesn't know that it's a spot for the lovers, the young lovers to go and get lost in the maze and find a place to snog. And what a fun maze this is. <laughs> the uh, walls move, so it's different every time. But if you get totally lost, you can say... Show me the way out, and it will open up for you and let you in, or let you out. I was like, yes. I need one of these. That would be good. It reminded and... me of, uh, you know, that the podcast serial that was popular five or more years ago now? Is it really that long? Wow. I think so. Because <laughs> they, they were on hiatus for a year or more, maybe two, and then they did the other one, and they've been on hiatus again, and then they just did the third one. So the third one is S-Town, S standing for a four-letter word that you would use in Naughty Scrabble. Mm-hmm. And um, it starts out with this man who has called them in to investigate what he thinks is a murder. And okay. one of the really unique things about this man is that he lives on this huge property. He's got lots of money, and he has built a maze a hedge maze that he's been working on. And it's not very tall yet, so they can see over it. But he's got all these gates in it, and so he can change the configuration and make it a new maze. And I think there was something like 50 different ways you could change it. And there was one way that if you did it in a certain way that you couldn't find your way out of. 
So I thought that that reminded me of, of, or this reminded me of that story and the maze. So, but I want a maze that I can find my way out of if I get lost by just saying, open up. Mm -hmm. That would be nice. And Neville's kind of panicked of that. Um, once he finds out that this is a lover's spot and Dean and Ginny are like, oh yeah, let's go there. And um, he's like, oh, maybe this isn't such a good idea. And her body's like, no, it really is a very good idea. And he's like, why are you looking at me? I'm very confused. But they <laughs> oh really, God, Neville. Until Don't you have a boyfriend? Wait a minute. That they're going to find a secluded place to talk about driftwood. Mm-hmm. So that's what they manage to do. Eventually they go off into the maze in pairs Ron and Hermione and Ginny and Dean and Harry and Neville, because they're left, mm-hmm. and they can't find anybody else. So Neville eventually says, all right, here's a bench. Gran always told me when I get lost not to move, so let's just stay at this bench, and they'll eventually show up. And they yeah, do. They do. First, it's Ginny and Dean. She wants to know what Hermione told them. And Neville's like, I haven't seen Hermione. She hasn't been in to tell us anything yet. And so then finally Ron and Hermione show up, and... When they show up, Dean's got his hand pretty much down Ginny's shirt, which sets Ron off again. And, <laughs> and Ginny calls Ron a sexist oppressor, and he's like, I am not a sexy oppressor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I don't know, Dean. You keep trying to oppress my sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. And Hermione eventually gets to tell them what she's found out about Dr. Driftwood, and apparently his... Mentor, Dr. Hugo Hackenbush, uh, was arrested for apparently figuring out all his groundbreaking work on Cruciatus Curse by testing it on werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could handle his tests longer. He was doing unethical medical experiments. So Dr. Driftwood apparently testified against him and stuff, and it was never proven that Dr. Hackenbush was a Death Eater, but this guy's shady. Yeah, and people are still raising questions about Driftwood's methods of treatment, Mm -hmm. some of the same things that Neville was worried about. He seems to like to use large doses of poisonous things. Yeah. And then then, so we find out that one of the brains in the ministry that Ron has absorbed was actually Dr. Hugo Hackenbush. Mm -hmm. Very convenient. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully. Works out nicely, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. They have to figure out a way to actually make use of that, which is what happens next chapter. Oh, can I just add that the bit where Neville's like, everyone's swooning over Harry. I'm like, um, what everyone are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you read the other version, apparently. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's true. Neville and Harry and Remus and Snape. Wait, what? In the other version, it's Remus and Snape. Don't. Lie to me. Oh, I misheard you. Okay, 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 okay. Who did you think I said? Harry and Snape. No, no, no. Not Harry and Snape. There are stories about that, too, but not this one. Not this one. So, we have... I wondered if that might be the case from reading this version. There are some occasional Mm -hmm. hints they could take it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And Remus is, you know, grieving for his friend and could use a companion, too. Yeah. We have uh, moved on to Chapter 14. Neville doesn't have time to investigate Hermione's discoveries because the sage has grown up and they're getting ready to perform 
the banishment spell and the purification charm. And oh boy, does this go wrong. Oh yeah. And it's uh, not uh-huh. Neville's fault in the least. All sorts no. of hairy things happen. <laughs> hairy things. <laughs> no pun intended. Gnarly things, should I say? So poor Neville, he's all in a state because he's got to go and he's in charge of this whole thing. And they get down to breakfast and Snape's there. <laughs> he's like, no, you're the worst person to be here. And he's having a terrible time, and Harry fixes him breakfast, more Wichabix. And he's just looking at this going, I'm not going to be able to eat this. Gross. Mm-hmm. And Harry's trying really hard to be supportive. Mm-hmm. But Neville's going to do really well. He's brilliant with herbs. That sage he grew is really, really green. Green. Snape's <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm, it should be silver. I, I meant that. Silvery green. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Silver. Yeah. And Remus just clears his throat a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, Neville definitely wished Harry would shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, a summer cough, no doubt, from all the hot air blowing around the room. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of this. Yeah. But Snape mercifully so head back returns to his upstairs tea. Upstairs to the laboratory. And they've moved all, they've scrubbed everything. It's all gleaming. The furniture's all been moved, except for the shelves that are attached to the walls. Mm-hmm. They're ready to set up the materials. He sets a small brazier up in the middle of the room and gets it going with some Hollywood. And then he gets up and he's going to go around with this ground bloodstone. And he's being very deliberate because he's got to make a circle around the edge of the room and it has to be connected all the way. So he's he's being very, very careful and Stape's like, must you work so slowly? And then Stape just starts really, really sniping at him. He gets down and he's like, who did this? Who made, who ground this up? It's terrible. It's not... <coughs> Hang on. Hold that thought. I think we have a Trisha. Do we indeed? Do, do, do. We're flying through this pretty quick. It's a three-hour thing on my text reader, and we've only been actually talking about it for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Nope. We were originally supposed to be a summary podcast, after all. Mm, that's true. How could, that would have ended in like five minutes. <laughs> Baby. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> oh, what a day. <sighs> Okay, what chapter are we on? We're just starting 14. 14. Just here in time for the last two chapters. Oh, good, because I think I only read up to 15. (laughs) No, that's good. That's what we were supposed to do. (laughs) Okay. Yes, we're we're just starting the ritual. Cleanse the laboratory. Okay. Ah, shit. I think that's where I was. I just stopped right there. I I didn't get to finish it. Okay. We'll drag you along with us. Okay, just drag me along. I need to be dragged. We're glad you're here. We've missed you. Oh, I missed you guys too. Sorry, I had to. I had to book a hotel and trying to find a hotel that's in a somewhat safe spot. So I'm like, ah. Why are you booking hotels? Um, Ulrich got um asked to be on a lacrosse travel team. Wow. Oh, cool. Hopefully, he enjoys it. Yeah. 
I hope so too. So, um, so we're going to Maryland. So we're going to Maryland. So I had to, and it's supposed to be in the middle in three. It's in three weeks. So I had to hurry up and get a hotel. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we're down just a little bit. Neville just started Neville's laying out everything, and Snape li- has started being mean to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Snape's saying, "What well, must you work so slowly?" And and Remus is like, "You're doing fine, Neville. Take as long as you need." And Neville's being very meticulous and doing the best he can. And then Snape gets down on the floor and gets ready to poke the powder. And Harry's like, don't touch it. You'll disturb it. Yeah. And then he starts getting very specific about the bloodstone. And mm-hmm. It's not fine and consistent. It looks like you took a sledgehammer to the stones. And, no, and- since he just all happy, good, lucky, and wonderful. Well, he always isn't like that. I yeah, know. but he's kind of worse here. Well, he seemed kind of like in the other chapters where it's kind of like, hmm, he yeah. might be actually somewhat not. I mean, he could still be sparky, but it sounds like he kind of like he'd be like, okay, I'm backing down. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's he's I, mellowed a little bit over some of these chapters. Yeah, yeah. And then it's flaring, like. flaring back up here, except <laughs> that Remus actually notices this is out of character. Mm-hmm. Like, Harry and Neville are just like, well, yeah, Snape's, Snape's being mean. This is how Snape is. And Remus is like, no, Severus wouldn't do that at this time when mm-hmm. it could jeopardize this ritual. Yeah. Um, something's going on. And Snape's like, I'm not the one in danger of sabotaging the ritual. You're the one who put an idiot child in charge. And Harry loses it again. <sighs> Harry's not very good at holding on to it in this mm-hmm. chapter. No. <laughs> in this fic, in general. Yeah. Harry's a little. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a lot touchy in this one. <laughs> yep. And so Snape and continues. So just tells Harry to be quiet and talks to Snape and says, Severus, Why can't, they, why can't they silence him? Because they don't want to cast any magic in here while the ritual's happening because it could interfere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wants to know if uh, Mr. Black was a necromancer because there are a lot of spirits and he says there are spirits here. Alric says hi. Hi Alric! And they were controlling Snape but uh, he's thrown them out and then of course. And Harry doesn't freaking shut up. No because now they're in Harry and you know what do you care you want Neville to fail don't be ridiculous Potter. You've wanted him to fail, and you're a rotten teacher. No, 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 no. Remus is like, that's enough. And so then he turns on Remus, and yeah. he's just... And Snape just keeps telling him to uh, concentrate on his occlumency lessons, mm-hmm. throw them out, and uh, then at one point he says Severus, and he's like, okay, now we know for sure. Potter would never call me Severus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we find out that it's Regulus. How do you say it, Scott? Regulus? One of those, yeah. I, I'm never sure which is the actual right way. Recruitless or something. I, I've, I've heard so many. Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. Yeah, Reggie. I like Reggie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and whoever this is is goading Snape now about having mm-hmm. a soft spot for Potters, particularly Lily. And yeah, Snape is the one who figures out it's Regulus or Regulus mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and that Mister Black must have conjured his spirit back. Yeah. yeah, he's been. And everybody's losing control, screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. And Neville's trying really hard to just concentrate on what he's supposed to be doing. But yeah. And then 
Harry finally manages to throw him out, and then he's in Neville instead. Mm-hmm. Which is all sorts of help. Yeah. And he's like, it's okay, it's in me, but I've got it under control. And they're like, no, you don't. It's got you under control. And now the spirit is pretending to be serious. Mm-hmm. Sirius has come back and fought off all the other spirits, when, of course, it's not true. Yeah. But this is really getting to both Remus and Harry, of course. Yeah, they're both having a really hard time. Because every time uh, Reggie possesses somebody, he can access whatever their knowledge is of what's going on. And So mm-hmm. now he's come up with this way to get at everybody. Yeah, and at this point, Snape's ready to use wands, but it doesn't pan out exactly that way. No, does it ever? Because yeah. Harry uses his favorite spell. <laughs> Expelliarmus! I got no magic. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. And poor Neville, he, he knows that they're controlling him and he's trying so hard, but he's powerless and they're telling him he's powerless. And so he, of course, believes them. And Snape, is well, it's like the, that part in Deathly Hallows with Ron and the Rocket. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, Snape's... very insidious, this whole thing. Being very cheerleaderly, you know. I know that you were taught how to get rid of this and concentrate and you are strong enough and all of this. And so... And he asks Remus to ask something that only Sirius would know. And when he finally does, Regulus can't come up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying all these different things, and none of them. Oh well, I I don't want to tell our secrets in front of the kids, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or in front of Snape. In front of but... Snivellus, no less. Yeah, and and refuses they... to answer the question. And as that's kind of distracting the spirit, Neville is just going, "Okay, Neville Longbottom, Neville Longbottom, <laughs> Neville Longbottom." <laughs> yeah, and eventually he just yells his own name and manages to throw them out. Mm-hmm. And then, but that he's got to worn him out enough that he can't keep doing the ritual anymore. No, and his nose is bleeding and stuff because it was like getting Cruciatus' curse on himself. They were Mm -hmm. playing with his mind and stuff. And this sets Remus off, and they make Remus think he's a werewolf. And he's Snape and Harry are. So that is impressive. Get the ritual going again and then realize, oh, now they're in Remus. Mm. Oh, dear. <laughs> They've yeah. just been bouncing all around the room this whole time. Yeah. We have to stop him. How? We've cut, you've cut their wands. I oh, can't hurt Remus, but he's going to kill Professor Snape. <sighs> so he eventually does the full body bind on Remus. Mm-hmm. And so now Professor Snape has a completely bored like Remus lying on top of him, but at least he's not strangling him anymore. Right. And so they, Harry's going to start back but with didn't the, that ruin it, that he cast magic? No, nah, I think it's the the blood the bloodstone that they're using is powerful enough to overcome it. Huh. I think part of it is they still haven't actually started casting this ritual yet. They've just been laying uh. all the ground. Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, putting out the circle and the fire and all the various things that they need to start the ritual, but they haven't mm-hmm. actually started casting the spell. Yeah. So here's cheerleader Snape again. You're not a werewolf. Cast them out. Take control of yourself. But he tells. So basically, they're doing an exorcism. Yeah. And he tells mm-hmm. the boys that they can't do the ritual until the the spirits are out of Remus, or it could really hurt Remus. They've got to keep the ritual going so it doesn't falter, but they can't finish it 
until he's managed to throw them out. Yeah. It's like the, 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 and then they can't say end until mm-hmm. everything's stopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then finally... Remus stiffens again and cries out and goes limp and Snape says, do it now! And they... Yeah, and Neville shouts the incantation and throws the sage into the fire and it bursts into flames and it seems to have worked. Mm-hmm. And then Harry hands Snape his wand back and they undo the body bind on Remus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, you know, if he is truly in a body blind, he couldn't have gone stiff and then gone laps, lax, but that way we knew that the spirits were out of him. So, And I like that uh, Snape comes over and says, Potter, my wand, and Harry gives it to him with, really without hesitation. And he well, yeah, ends, considering. He ends the body bind, and then he says to Neville, Salt would not have been strong enough to banish those spirits. You were correct to use bloodst- Bloodstone. I suppose even you can get something right once. Well, that's yeah. a hell of a compliment. <clears throat> yep, Mr. Snape. Snape. Not so great in compliments, Snape. Snape. <laughs> I think Dumbledore. the only time we've ever actually seen Snape give someone a compliment is Draco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's so offhandedly that it's not even true. <laughs> yeah. It's like some of you might have a natural inclination for this or something. Yeah. yeah. And so we start chapter 15 and they've managed to complete the ritual and everybody's exhausted and mm-hmm. Harry and Neville are sweeping up everything and burying it in the backyard. And then they all just go back to their rooms to yeah. relax and to not do rest. things for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neville's not able to go to sleep because he's got all these thoughts racing through his head of all these things that happen. And he's thinking about his parents and 14 years at St. Mungo's. 14 years of not being in control of their own minds. So he's really thinking about his parents now yeah. because he's experienced this for, you know, all of five minutes. And he's like, okay, this is not good. Yeah. And he wonders if that's what it's like for them. Yeah. Okay. A couple paragraphs down when mm-hmm. Trevor, Trevor licked his eyeballs, blah, 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 blah. Is Trevor looking his own eyeballs or Neville's eyeballs? No, he's looking his own eyeballs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so, there's, there's a long time. There's a couple of places in here where I'm like, wait a minute, I thought we were on one thing and it like jumps to something else and it it, it, it confused me. Mm. Why is Trevor licking his eyeballs? I don't well, know. Because he has to keep them wet, you know. Oh, they don't have eyelids? No, I don't. I think they do, but I, I'm i fairly I've sure that s- is a thing I've that seen... toads actually do. I, I was going to say, I think they do do that too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Got to keep their tongue flexible to catch the flies, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they like the mucus on, the, on their tongues. And I, yeah. Okay. So in order to live on the land and in water, well, this is frogs. I asked for toads, but we'll, we'll go with frogs for the moment. Frogs have three eyelid membranes. One is to see through to protect their eyes underwater, and the other two let them see on land. So... Yeah, there's not a whole lot of good information here, so. But I do think they do lick their eyes. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But no, Trevor wouldn't lick Neville's eyes. Oof. Ow. That would just be weird and wrong. I don't think he would be very calm after that happened. No, no I don't think so either. <laughs> On uh, our previous tangent, by the way, I did look up when Google started. Apparently it was in September of 98, so it wouldn't exist at this point. Yeah. Ask Jeeves. 
But at any rate, he decides if he can't sleep anyway, might as well go to the library and find some bookworms for Trevor to eat. Yeah, and work on his father, uh, on his parents' files and, and things like that. Yeah. And he's just gets there and he's like, ah, finally the library and Professor Snape is in a chair. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, dude, dear, what do I do? Yeah. Mm. I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. Yeah. He starts squeezing Trevor. <laughs> Trevor's like, Let me poor out. Trevor. <laughs> and Snape says, are you talking to your familiar? And he's like, well, he wants to eat some bookworms, you see. And Snape says, well, let him do it. They're, they're getting destroyed out here, so you might as well let him. And He's not sure about leaving Trevor alone with Snape, because he mm-hmm. had him with potions occasionally, but he decides, yeah, might as well. So Trevor hops off towards the shelves, and Neville goes to look through the files. And then he has a brilliant idea. He's going to ask Snape about these potions that his parents are on. And he's a little hesitant because every time he's asked Snape a question in the past, Snape's kind of... I sat there going, is this really... No, I sat there going, is this really smart? Mm -hmm. I mean, he is a Death Eater. I mean, if he finds out, he might have to do, you know, something that would not help them. But he's also... I don't think Devil even knows that he is a Death Eater. He's heard Terry ranting about it a little bit. but mm. And he's a good Death Eater. He's... He is a the potions professor, so he should know. About yeah, it. well, the thing is, that when he was talking to the doctor the whole time, he was like, well, my potion professor, well, my potion professor. So, well, everybody knows who Snape is, is the potion professor of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, you dumb idiot. You're going to yeah. make me think it's going to... I don't know. So he asks about the potions, and he says, you know, I want to ask about my parents' medical treatment, and he, Snape sort of looks up at him, and he says, you know, they're on so many potions at the same time, and one potion, it has henbane, another has bloodwort, and I remember you saying that the two combined can cause damage to the memory or something like that. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, and Snape's like, no, you're correct. And he says, so... That doesn't sound good, does it? And Snape says, well, it depends on what they're for and how much and when they take it for a short period of time. And he says, well, my parents have been on it for two years. And he's like, no, that's not true. You must be mistaken. That's too long. And Neville's like, no, look, this is when they they received it in 1994, and it's been twice a week ever since. And I asked like, Dr. Driftwood about it, and he's like, Driftwood? Otis Driftwood? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, sir. Do you know him? Well, I know of him. And, you know, he says, I'm not a Medi-Wizard. I don't know that I could comment on your parents' treatment, but I might know somebody that can. And he takes the records, and, of course, he looks at him, and he's like, Longbottom, how many times do I have to spell you? tell you there's no S in tincture? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but he recommends Dr. Mina Chatterjee, and he's going to write to her and see if she's got time to go over things and take another look at his parents' treatment. Mm-hmm. So then he goes in to tell Harry. Harry's not in a good mood. <laughs> Harry wants to go outside and play quick. he ever? No. Not in this story, except when they run away to London. Mm-hmm. Neville thinks, well, I wouldn't be much help playing Quidditch because I suck at Quidditch. Mm. And, and, of course, Harry's feeling more dr- down at this point because he thought he got to talk to Sirius for a bit and didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, well, I was talking to Snape about my 
parents' treatment and Dr. Driftwood. And Harry's like, you can't tell him about that. He's a Death Eater. No, he's not. He's a professor. It doesn't stop him from being a Death Eater. That's very true. Look at Coral. Mm-hmm. That's what Harry brings up, too. He had Voldemort living in his head for his first year. <laughs> he tried to kill you. No, he didn't. He helped me get the spirits out. Don't trust Snape, Neville. He's a liar and he hates Gryffindors. He killed Sirius. Neville's like, wait a minute. I thought Bellatrix killed Sirius. Yeah, well, they're mates. They're both Death Eaters. Yeah, Don't so you know. this is the first Harry, first that Neville's heard about that. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that Snape was a Death Eater until this point. By environment, <laughs> O.R.? I thought it said Humphrey Bogart, and I was like, um, <laughs> ow. Famous people call me all the time, don't you know? <laughs> no, it was the environment, Oregon. So poor Neville, he sat there and worried a hole in his trousers, and now Harry's being a little turd, and even though he, he well, now, he's, got, he's got some legitimate points here. Yeah, but Neville has a legitimate point in talking to Snape about potions, too. You know, Snape cool. is the one that you would talk to if you had concerns about potions. And he does do a lot yeah. of the Medi potions for Hogwarts, so he does have some knowledge of Medi, Medi potions. That's true. So, I mean, I totally understand why he did what he did. And Harry's... And I mean, it's understandable that Harry would have this reaction, too, because mm-hmm. as far as he's concerned, Snape's a Death Eater. But right. Neville didn't know that until this point, and now he's really worried, because what if he just gave away all this stuff about his parents to Death Eaters, and they're not going to do anything for them after all. And that's where we're going to leave it, with poor Neville being all on his own again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He doesn't have a great time in this story, Neville. But no. Things get better. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope so. My God. Poor Neville. He's just like the middle of everything. Doesn't know what to do. He's trying to be nice and people are just rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry's never nice to him except when they actually get out of the house, which rarely happens. Well, it's yeah. like with Sirius being cooped up like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't blame them. They're both cooped up and and harry is grieving but harry is also taking it very far yeah because he just doesn't know how to deal with this grief no and neville's having to deal with being on his own and away from gran even though it's a pleasure to be with harry and remus he still is missing his family and he you know he's they're both basically kids Mm -hmm. still and Remus is not much better, and Snape's not any better either. No, they don't help oh, the situation. No. no, they don't. So, well, this Trisha, is like rather Molly spent to... more time, but and Tonks, yeah, Tonks actually Tonks. helps out the most so far. <laughs> I was gonna say, where the hell's Tonks? We need Tonks. We do you? need Tonks. Yes, you do. She doesn't want to come back though because she's tired of the bat dung, <laughs> bat fertilizer. That was only the one time. That's true. I played in the compost yesterday. I turned it and mixed it up real good. I love having a tractor. <laughs> That's good. That's fine. Yeah. So, Tricia, you haven't been here for most of this. Do you have thoughts on the story so far? Honestly, I mean, I can't say it's my favorite. <laughs> There was I some mean, vomit in it. You missed that in the first. I know. Episode. Yeah, that's, that's that's probably one of the good redeeming qualities of it. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't read the whole thing, but I'm just kind of, I mean, I'm finding some of it to be a little choppy mm-hmm. trying to read it. And it is, I mean, I like how, how they're going about it. It's a little bit, it's not as predictable as it, you've seen someone like, oh, I'm going to go help, I'm going to save Neville's parents and they're going to tell us the secret of this, this, and this. And I mean, yeah, it's something like with the, with the uh, bubble gum and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's like, everybody was going, oh, it's a secret message kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there that's been standing for years, though, that yeah. they're actually passing on. Yeah. No, but I hear you, Trisha. This one's not not one of my favorites. Yeah. Especially this batch of chapters. I wanted to beat everybody over the head. <laughs> oh yeah. I like seeing that. I'm, just, I'm glad. Own, I'm glad I don't have to read. I don't have to read the whole ritual now. And then because I don't because now I now I heard it from you guys. I'm like okay, I can, I can move on from this. <laughs> I mean. I did love. I did love him, Love when Neville called, called Dean. That was like my favorite part. The whole entire thing because I thought that was just super cute. When and Neville did like, what? Called Dean. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like my. That was my absolute favorite part so far. Neville needs to call Dean more often. Mm-hmm. Learn how to actually use a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're gonna call Hermione next. Okay, my my question: What happened to Grandma? She fell and broke her hip. Okay, why did why couldn't they give her skelligro? Well, because old bones and brittle bones take a while for the skelligro to work. I, and it's not skelligro; so. it's because they didn't lose all the bones; they're just having to repair the bones. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, couldn't they just vanquish the bones that was broken and then oh, then they grow it? That's what that's what Lockhart did to Harry. <laughs> You're just mean. That sounds painful. Oh, well, it seems like it'll be a lot, hell of a lot faster than. Yeah, well, it does. It do. does say that the doctor said it will take up to two months to regrow her hip. Old bones take longer. Oh, God. Okay. Hmm. So. And she likes, you know, bossing the nurses around and smoking her pipe when they tell her not to, and mm-hmm. demanding a sweet clotted cream. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's a clotted cream again? Did we go over that? And I just don't remember. I think we did. Kind of like a cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. It's good, actually. It's a kind of thick, kind of like whipped cream is what I picture it up. I've mm-hmm. never actually had it, so I don't know for sure. But... I don't know why I want to say Morse Capone, but it's not that sweet. Mm-hmm. It's between whipped It's like the combination of cream cheese and whipped cream. So basically cool. it's a cheesecake. Yeah. Okay. All I know is that you put it on scones with jam, and depending on whether you're in Devon or Cornwall, you put one of them on first and then the other. Oh. oh okay. okay. Ah. Yeah. I did Speaking not know that. Well, I'm in another place. Mark so. Capon. Yes. How the heck do you pronounce the name of the new French president or prime minister or whatever they have? I think it's a president. Macron. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which I only know because another show that I watch uh, was going on about the difference between macaroons and macarons, and they <laughs> said somebody had put together a meme about it. It's like macaroon, macaron, macron. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's like Colbert. You don't pronounce the T like Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everybody does anyway. Yeah, we yeah, don't because they're wrong. But we don't now. It's French, don't you know? 
Yes, Colbert and the Colbert Report. Oh, did you watch the episode where they were doing the uh, recap and then John Oliver's one of his early assignments where he's like running down a battlefield and trips and breaks his nose, the poor guy? Mm -mm. That does not ring a bell. Poor John Oliver. I like him. I know. He was just like, and he just face plants just big and he's bleeding and it it was bad. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, Trisha, hopefully the story will start getting better for you. I like I said, I like this I like watching Neville kind of come of age. Oh, I I mean I've been doing I've been enjoying that, but that's, there's some points where I'm like, Neville, you deserve more than Harry. <laughs> well, You're here. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Harry's not being a great friend in this story so far. No. No, no it's still emo Harry from the last book and I'm as much as Order of the Phoenix is my favorite book of all of them, I hated Harry the most during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed the Order of the Phoenix because I saw more of the adults that was so excited for them. I know. <laughs> I think that's why we we enjoy uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts is because we get more of the adults. Did you hear the Joe's finished the script? Oh, yay! For the next one? Uh-huh. That's cool. So they'll be working on it soon. I forget when next year it's coming out, though. Yeah, Probably around my birthday again. They seem to like two December. Years, two years in between each, so it'll be a while. Yeah. I think. I just listened oh. to Speak Beastie, and I don't think oh, yeah? they said anything about it. So. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to go watch it with somebody, because going alone is not fun. Oh, sure it is. No, it's not. So I've been invited. We should close the podcast out and then... Yak. So. <laughs> we always do that. Yeah. Have to have uh, Potterpick Weekly After Dark or something. There you go. <laughs> Here's where we talk about all the stuff that we didn't talk about the other one. <laughs> so. yeah. But so. yes, this has been episode two of Becoming Neville. We are continuing on in that for the next several weeks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're enjoying your coverage and you can either read along with us, in which case I think our next chunk is... Oh, I just what, got out 16 of there. to 22 ish. Something like that. Um, and actually, I could find it and I'm tell looking. you for sure. I'm looking. Prisoners becoming Neville. 16 to 23. Ah, it was close. 16. Okay. 16 to 23. So if you want to just read the next chunk that we're going to cover, you could read that, or you can do what I did confused. and finish the whole story, <laughs> and, which was fun. Well, we and, do hope you started from the beginning. <laughs> yes. If you haven't read any of it yet, start at the beginning, read that, then listen to the first podcast. No, no, and... no, 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 that's not What fun. you read, you read from chapter 9 to 15, then from chapter, then you go backwards from 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and mm. then you go to chapter 16 and read that. <laughs> I suppose you could if you really wanted to. Talent. Mm-hmm. I recommend reading it in order, but you know, it's up to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Be different. Be a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell them. Don't let us tell you what to do. Choose for yourself. <laughs> yes. Read <laughs> in your own way. Back in rebelling. I love it. Yes. We're just a bunch of hoppabus. We tell it. We don't tell it. Let's do it. I am not. Oh, yeah, well, except for the one, but we won't call her as anything. Yeah. 
<laughs> You're occasionally an honorary Hufflepuff. Depends well, on the Slytherin. Day. But let me put it this way. The Sorting Hat tried to put me in Hufflepuff when I went into Pufflepuff, but I, I overruled it. Oh, and Hat listened to you because he's a good Hat. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Oh, no. He doesn't listen to me. He made me be in Hufflepuff. <laughs> Did you want to be a Slytherin? I don't know what I wanted to be. Oh, you're a Hufflepuff. I am. Sure and, <laughs> and we love yes. you. I know. Yeah. Better. It's all too late. You, you have no choice now. We have to keep you now. Yeah, you gotta keep me. No matter well, what. If you're enjoying our craziness and you want to hear more of it, you can find all the other episodes of Potterfic Weekly. The last several seasons have been us, and before that, there were other crazy people that we also love. You can find us on Facebook at the Puffwa Facebook group, which is P-O-U-F-W-A. There we go. Um, <laughs> and uh, that we will post when our next episode is released, or you can find it on whatever podcast catcher you use for this one. You can also find us over at potterfixforum.com, which is where we're talking about our houses and things. You can go to the sorting hat thread and the hat will sort you into whichever house you most desire. Uh, and fit into. And will write you a little story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can take, you can take quizzes and give results from that. Or if you already know what house you are, you can let Sue know and hat will give you a sorting and it's fun. And hat will do that. Mm-hmm. And you can also find all of our other sister podcasts in the Potterfic Weekly fleet at potterficweekly.com. We have links to the various different ones on there. The main one that's still somewhat active these days is Point of View Weekly, which is where the some of the original hosts and Sue and I go and chat about random other things that are not fan fiction. And mm-hmm. Have we had episodes lately? Of- There's one getting ready to come out. Okay. I should release and it then tonight. I will have to might be spend some time editing our next uh, Dungeons and Dragons one, and that can yeah. wrap up as well. Which I need to actually get into somewhere where you can download it and work on it. <laughs> yes. I'll work on that. I was not too. going to get it done uh, at any time before this point, anyway, because end of month stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've got lots of different podcasts, whether they're active still or not. You're sure to find something that interests you, and uh, yeah, hopefully you. Enjoy our ramblings. <laughs> if you don't, if you why don't? are you still here? <laughs> yes. Exactly. You've shown great patience listening this far. And with that, we will sign off and say uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, depending on where you are. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 So hold on to the one. That those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.